Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we're reading Mark 16, verses 19 to 20, and then through J.C. Rao's expository thoughts in Mark. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Mark, chapter 16, verses 19 to 20. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere, while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. This is the word of the Lord. These words form the conclusion of Mark's gospel. Short as the passage is, it is a singularly suitable conclusion to the history of our Lord Jesus Christ's earthly ministry. It tells us where our Lord went when he left this world and ascended up on high. It tells us what his disciples experienced after their master left them and what all true Christians may expect until he appears again. Let us mark in these verses the place to which our Lord went when he had finished his work on earth and the place where he is at this present time. We are told that he was received up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. He returned to that glory which he had with the Father before he came into the world he received as our victorious mediator and redeemer, the highest position of dignity and power in heaven which our minds can conceive. There he sits, not idle, but carrying on the same blessed work for which he died on the cross. There he lives ever making intercession for all who come unto God by him, and so able to save them to the uttermost. Hebrews 7.25 There is strong consolation here for all true Christians. They live in an evil world. They are often careful and troubled by many things and are severely cast down by their own weaknesses and infirmities. They live in a dying world. They feel their bodies gradually failing and giving way. They have before them the dreadful prospect of soon launching forth into a world unknown. What then shall comfort them? They must lean back on the thought of their Savior in heaven, never slumbering and never sleeping and always ready to help. They must remember that though they sleep, Jesus wakes. Though they faint, Jesus is never weary. Though they are weak, Jesus is almighty, and though they die, Jesus lives forevermore. Blessed indeed is this thought. Our Savior, though unseen, is an actual living person. We travel on toward a dwelling where our best friend has gone before to prepare a place for us. John 14.2 The forerunner has entered in and made all things ready. No wonder that Paul exclaims, Who is he that condemns? It is Christ that died, yes, rather that he is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Romans 8.34 Let us mark for another thing in these verses, the blessing which our Lord Jesus Christ bestows on all who work faithfully for him. We are told that, When the disciples went forth and preached, the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word with signs that accompanied it. We know well from the Acts of the Apostles and the pages of church history 
the manner in which these words have been proved true. We know that bonds and afflictions, persecution and oppression were the first fruits that were reaped by the laborers in Christ's harvest. But we know also that, in spite of every effort of Satan, the word of truth was not preached in vain. Believers from time to time were gathered out of the world. Churches of saints were founded in city after city, country after country. The little seed of Christianity grew gradually into a great tree. Christ himself wrought with his own workmen and, in spite of every obstacle, his work went on. The good seed was never entirely thrown away. Sooner or later, there were signs following. Let us not doubt that these things are written for our encouragement on whom the latter ends of the world are come. Let us believe that no one shall ever work faithfully for Christ and find at last that his work has been altogether without profit. Let us labor on patiently, each in our own position. Let us preach and teach and speak and write and warn and testify and rest assured that our labor is not in vain. We may die ourselves and see no result from our work. But the last day will assuredly prove that the Lord Jesus always works with those who work for him, and that there were signs following, though it was not given to the workmen to see them. Let us then be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 15.58 We may go on our way heavily, and so with many tears, but if we sow Christ's precious seed, we shall come again with joy and bring our sheaves with us. Psalm 126, verse 6. And now, let us close the pages of Mark's gospel with self-inquiry and self-examination. Let us not content us to have seen with our eyes and heard with our ears the things here written for our learning about Christ Jesus. Let us ask ourselves whether we know anything of Christ dwelling in our hearts by faith. Does the Spirit witness with our spirit that Christ is ours and we are His? Can we really say that we are living the life of faith in the Son of God and that we have found by experience that Christ is precious to our souls? These are solemn questions. They demand serious consideration. May we never rest until we give them satisfactory answers. He that has the Son has life. And he that has not the Son of God has not life. 1 John 5.12 That is the end of Rao's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today. May the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory. In considering what we have just heard, would you prayerfully ask yourself and others the following questions? First, can we see how important it is where Jesus is now? Does it not give our hearts great encouragement to know Jesus lives to make intercession for us? Doesn't a living Savior give great hope as we think about another unseen and eternal world? Second, have we grown weary in doing good for the kingdom of God? Does it feel hopeless? Or does the encouragement to be steadfast, immovable, and to abound Give us grace to press on in Jesus' name. And lastly, do we know the life of God within?
can we really say that we are living the life of faith in the Son of God? That Christ is precious to our souls? May it be true. May the grace of Christ be with you.